Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. everybody. Welcome to today's episode with my good friend, Bevan. You might know her um, if you are a part of the group. I've been talking about her Take the Damn Trip, Take the Damn Trip Summit, right? And DAMN is actually an acronym that we will get to talk later, but it's a framework that I think you guys are going to love. You are going to love because Bevan has this mission of essentially like living the life that you actually want to live. Right. And so when she says trip, it doesn't mean like, it doesn't have to be like a literal trip to a destination, but it's essentially like making your life, the trip that you want it to be, right. Like living the actual life that you want, which is so relevant to what we talk about in motherhood simplified all the time, right. Like declutter your stuff so that you're not wasting your life away, cleaning up messes all the time. Like nobody becomes a mom and is like, I was really excited to clean up these messes all the time, right? Like that's exactly what I wanted, right? Oh, it's been my dream. Yeah, man, I've been waiting for this. Um, But it's so aligned with what we talk about in here as far as like committing to what you do want. And I'm part of the reason I'm so excited to talk to Bevan is because she really does focus a whole lot more on like, what do you actually want, right? Like her whole mission is like deciding and figuring out how to, know what you want and then, and then get it right. And make it happen in very tangible ways. So I'm really, really excited to add or have this conversation because it is like the second piece. It's like the next step after decluttering, you know what you don't want, right? We're getting rid of everything that we don't want, but what do we want? So thank you, Bevan, for being here. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and just tell us your story because it is powerful and it is, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, the trip part, we'll talk about it, but I mean, you'll see from my story why I say it this way. Um, But the trip is definitely not have to be a vacation or a destination, a trip, but there's, it's something that you really want to bring into life. And I will laugh because especially like we're all moms here. Right. And so I have so many friends who are moms who listen to my stuff and they're like, my kids just giggle every time you say damn. And I'm like, yeah, I said it 41 <laughs> times in one training. Cause I had to count. <laughs> it's not because I want to swear, but, um, the background of my story. So I wasn't, I, <laughs> there's, there's so many layers to it, but in 2019, my husband in May surprised me that he was going to take me to France for my 40th birthday, which would be in November. And so we planned to do this. We had two kids who were going to be 10 months and two and a half at the time. And so we needed to plan to make sure that we had childcare and that I had pumped enough because I was still nursing my son. And the reason I say he told me in May was because that I also got laid off two weeks after he told me this. And so I relaunched my business. I decided at that time, I no longer wanted to work for anyone. I wanted to work with clients, but we, we, as we were planning this trip, it was like, is this totally crazy, right? We're going to be in France for 39 hours. The plane rides are going to take the same amount of time as the amount we're going to be on the ground. And I just lost my job, like all of these reasons that it seemed totally crazy to do it. Even the day before or two days before we left, I said, Mark, is this crazy? Should we even go? And we went and it was amazing. We had the best time. 
time we were able to reconnect with each other as who we were before we became parents, even before we got married, who we were when we first started dating. And he even said that to me one time. He was like, I really feel like I'm getting to know the real you again. And that was Thanksgiving week. So we got home on Sunday. We took our daughter to her first movie theater show on Monday. He took the whole week off work. We did stuff around the house. We prepped for Thanksgiving, which was our favorite holiday. It's also, obviously my birthday was the weekend before. So we were celebrating, spent Thanksgiving with our family and our best friends. And then the next day, he just didn't wake up. He passed away in the night. We had no idea that he was sick. Um, one of his arteries was 95% blocked and the other was 50% blocked. Um, but he prayed the same he did in high school. So there's no indications that, uh, that he had this, this issue. And so I posted on Facebook about a month later, I said, so, cause I, you know, people knew he had passed away and they'd read the eulogy that I had written, but I posted something about my birthday and that I hadn't really talked about my birthday this year because all of this had happened at that same time. And, and I told people about the trip and I said, look, I know it was crazy, but all I can say is that when you're faced with the choice, take the damn trip because thank God we had. You know, like we were able to, if we had put that off and he had still passed away that week, that those would be memories that we didn't have. And it was really his perfect last week. We got to have this epic trip together. We got to spend time together. We got to be with our family. Um, and so that really resonated with people and it resonated with me. It kind of sat with me. I was like, what does that mean? And so um, about, I guess, nine or 10 months later, the restaurant where we met closed down and Mark and I were so cheesy. <laughs> so we would go to the same restaurant every year on the anniversary of when we met and we would wear the same clothes and we would sit in the same terrible seats in the bar and we would take a selfie in front of the sign. And so when that closed down, I put out a message and just said, Hey, does anybody know the owner of this restaurant? Cause I'd really like to get this sign. And it blew up. Like people were, <laughs> I was really scared for the owners of this restaurant if they were actually found because people were like, you have to give her the sign. And it got featured on NBC. We, I mean, people did. They were like, we can just take it. It's <laughs> like, like, you're going to get electrocuted. It's an electric sign. <laughs> yeah. All these things. And so people wanted to start a GoFundMe and help me get the sign. And I said, you guys, look, this is not, this is not the time for people to donate, right? Like I lost my house in a house fire in 2010. I lost my husband. People wanted to donate at that time. I was more than willing to say, yes, that's fine. But this was a sign. It didn't feel like the thing to do. So instead what I did is I started making these t-shirts. I pre-sold these t-shirts. Um, I started a Facebook community called take the damn trip. And we sold these t-shirts. They say, we're not promised tomorrow. Hashtag take the damn trip. And I just became really passionate about this movement that we need to do the crazy thing that's in our heart. And we need to connect with the people that we love the most and doing those things are going to change. It's going to change our life mm -hmm. and we aren't promised anything. So that is the mission behind take the damn trip. And actually when we talk about the trip part, because they're what people get confused. They're like, are you like a travel agent? <laughs> no. <laughs> so what I use the trip for now, because like the, the dam is a framework because then I had to look back and say, with all the things that I've gone through in my life, like I just mentioned, I lost my house in a house fire. My dad passed away from cancer when I was in my early twenties. I lost my husband. Both my kiddos are IVF babies. And I've been very honest about that. But I've also, I started and built a successful multi-figure six business. I have these two amazing kiddos. 
um, I, we built our dream home, all these things. I was like, what is it that I do differently that allows me to navigate these difficult situations and create amazing things? And so I looked at it and I came up with these four mindset shifts. And that's what the damn framework is, which is decide and declare, attend your own party, meaningful moments, and now is the time. And when you apply those mindsets to anything big or small that you're creating, it really makes a huge difference in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And the trip part, because again, it was like, okay, how do I make it clear that this is not like just about vacations? So the the trip is actually four questions that I'll ask people when they're, when they're not sure what it is that they want to create, or they're not sure what their big dream is. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, um, is it your top priority or are you willing to make it your top priority? That's the T. The R is, are you willing to resource it? Are you willing to put your time, money, energy, focus behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, is it inspiring? Does it get you excited? And is it personal? Is it your dream? And so if you can, if you can ask those four questions of whatever it is, whether like with your framework, because I want to like apply this to that, it's like, if you can say like, am I willing to make a really simplified, enjoyable motherhood, my top priority? And am I willing to put my time and energy and focus behind it? And does that get me excited? And is this what I want? Then that's something to move towards. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your trip. Yeah. I love that. Your trip can be a simplified home, right? Like mm-hmm. for just for, for an example, right. And you don't have to have just one trip, but right. Like exactly right. what she said, is it your top priority? Is it a top priority to you? to declutter your home? Are you willing to resource it? And resource doesn't necessarily mean finance, right? Are you willing to put the time and energy into this? Right. Um, Exactly. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love it so much. So I have a question. Yeah. You say no, I'll edit it out, but do you want (laughs) to tell them if, if, do you want to tell them about the biggest trip you've done? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So my new trip, (laughs) and so, yeah, so, so it doesn't have to be a vacation and you know, it can be anything. And so my new trip, which I just announced during my summit is that, like I said, I'm very upfront about my kiddos being IVF babies. And I tell that story because going through fertility issues is I think one of the hardest things that women, I mean, people in general, but women go through because it is financially, physically, emotionally draining. It puts a lot of stress on a body. It puts a lot of stress on relationships. And so I've just always been very honest about it because it opens up a space for people to ask me questions and to talk about it. And so what people didn't know was that when Mark passed away, we were about 60 days away from starting our third round of IVF. And when that, so when Mark died and I felt like that was stolen from me as well, was this dream of having a third kid. I've always felt like was destined to be the mama of three. And so through a lot of these same mindsets, like thinking through like, okay, what is it that I want? What is my top priority and making a decision and staying really, really present in the moment. Um, and also that, that now is the only time we have, I decided to move forward with IVF on my own. And so I am 16 weeks pregnant with a little girl who is due at the end of July um, with the embryos that Mark and I had frozen. And it, to me, it's, it's another piece of Mark that I can have in my life, but it's also filling that dream that I just know was a part of me. And so, and I really did use these same mindsets and, and, and it's, 
not everybody's super excited about it. Not everybody's super jazzed. But for me, like part of the decide and declare is that we don't need people's permission to create a big, amazing dream, a big, amazing life. And, and I think that's something that you talk about a lot. Cause when people, when women say, I want to simplify, I want to declutter. And then people try to give them crap. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, I'm trying to simplify. And they're like, Oh no, I understand the of the damn framework. But, um, what you said about permission, I think the thing about what you teach is that you, you give people the space to really step into what they want without needing that permission. Mm-hmm. And when you have that mm-hmm. space, when you have that margin, that buffer, kind of like that, that space literally around you, mm-hmm. be like, this is what I want. Then mm-hmm. even when you don't explicitly get permission from somebody or mm-hmm. you have people telling you don't do this, or why would you do right. this? You have like, yeah. you have space between them and you, right? Like be- there's yeah. space between what they're saying and what you want. And you don't, you don't rely on it. And mm-hmm. it also doesn't derail you. Right. So what I've found, and I found this, oh man, it was over a decade ago because I had, I was starting an internship or an apprenticeship with a coach when I first started getting trained and certified as the coach and my funding fell through like two weeks before I was supposed to leave and go to London and Italy and start this. And so I had to get really clear about whether it was, whether I wanted to do this or not. And through it, cause I would, I asked some people like, Hey, you know, I really need some help with this. And I realized that there was a different energy of uh, when I was asking somebody, I was like, I don't know, do you think I should do this versus, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to support it? Because when we ask people for permission and we're doing it unconsciously so many times where we're like, I've got this idea. What do you think? Or I've got this idea. Do you think I should do it? That's sort of asking them for permission. And the problem with that is they try it on for themselves. And if they're not comfortable with the idea, then they sort of start to eat away at your dream because permission it's like when you, when your kids go on a field trip, you're giving permission, you're, you're signing a permission slip and that's like release of liability as well. So if your kid gets hurt, like the school's not liable because you gave their, your permission. So there's a little bit of that when you're asking people to, to, for permission to follow a dream, because they want to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. They want, they don't want you to fail. They don't want you to get hurt. And if they give you permit their permission and you get hurt, they feel bad. They feel like involved somehow, even though they're not. So when you shift that and you start to ask for support, it's a different energy. It's I'm doing this really cool thing. It would be great if you supported it, but regardless of their answer, you're still going to do it. I literally, I just had this conversation this weekend talking to the person that this happened with. Somebody told me it was a terrible idea to have this baby. And I was devastated by it. And I explained, I'm like, but I don't need their permission. It hurt. Sometimes when you don't get people's support on something, it still hurts. It doesn't take that away. But it also wasn't, I wasn't gonna be like, oh my gosh, they think it's a bad idea. You're right. right. Even though I know in my gut that it is the right thing for me and the right thing for my family, because they don't think it's a good idea, I'm gonna stop. That's that's not that's not how we should be living our lives because nobody else lives my life 24-7. Right. Which is your first step, decide and declare. And the thing that happens when you do that, because I liked what you said about like, when you're asking somebody else to give you that permission, they're going to get their own stuff wrapped up in it. 
but also I think a lot of times subconsciously totally. we're asking for that permission because we also want to protect ourselves. So we're like, maybe if I just ask this person, yeah. they validate the fact that I feel hesitant or I'm afraid of this or this intimidates me or it seems like a big commitment. And then they say, oh, you shouldn't do that. Then you have like this automatic like, oh, like, okay, yeah, I'll just stay safe. Right, I'll just yeah. not do this. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that's I, part of the declare, yeah. right? Because so, so we decide, so there's real power in decision because a lot of times we just are sort of pulled along or we're like, oh, well, this is just convenient. And so we do it. Like there's real power in saying like, I'm deciding this is my yes. And the reason I really big about the yes and the why, because it's like, once you know your yes, everything carries an implied no. So you even like with your stuff, it's like when you bring in a big piece of furniture and put it in your living room, that's space that cannot be taken up by something else. Or if you're, if your bedrooms are covered with toys that, that your kids don't play with that space that you can't put a table for them to draw or, you know, whatever it is like, or just space to have dance parties. Right. Because once we know what our yes is, like every time we say yes, we're saying no to something. It's like, we can't be in two places at once. So once you know your yes, and you're really clear about it, then the no's become easier because it's, does this support my big yes or not? Mm-hmm. And when, and then adding in the why's, like, why is this so important? Just are the reminders of why we're so passionate about the yes. And so if you're committed as a mom to simplifying your life and decluttering and having the space to really enjoy your children, then when, when you're offered something that doesn't support that, it's a very easy no, mm-hmm. because you know, so clearly what your yes is. Yeah. And it's, and it's your yes. And it's your no. It's your yes. Right. Exactly. And so the declare part of it, because people are like, oh yeah. So then I just have to like shout it from the rooftops. No, you do not. (laughs) I actually encourage people to start with kind of a small group because you want to pick people who are going to support your dream. And this is not to say like, I'm all for people poking holes in my ideas when I'm ready for them. Cause I want to have thought through them. I want to think like when I'm launching a, a new product and I, I'll ask people like, what do you think? I want to know what I'm missing. Oh, you need more coaching support there. You need this, you know, the, the time length is too long or too short. I mean, I ask you that all the time. I'm like, Krista, look at this. Tell me what's wrong with it. <laughs> like, I'm not looking for a bunch of yes men in my life, but when it's a big dream, you want to start small and, and, and pick your, your A team. That's going to be your cheerleaders. I also compare it to, there are people who I would let babysit my toddler who I probably wouldn't leave my newborn with. Right. This is a baby dream. <laughs> it is new. So introduce it to people you really trust to nurture it with you and to be excited with you. I love that you brought in the baby comparison because I was making my notes right here. And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like when you, you need a baby to like, be within you literally before yeah. you come out with other people. Like it's right. so fragile and it's so dependent on you nurturing it and sustaining it before it's just exposed to yeah. all everything. So it's okay. I think, I think sometimes people get caught up in like feeling like they need other people to help them or like 
like you said, like shout it from the world. Like I'm doing this. Everybody needs to know, but you can do that yeah. soon and it will, it can be pretty like damaging. Not Well, cause you don't have the foundation under you and you can get knocked off right. really easily. So when I, because I don't have Mark with me, you know, like with both my, my two kids with Guinevere and Jonathan, like Mark was super excited and very involved in the whole process. And, and I don't have that. And so I picked a group of three of my girlfriends and I started a text chain with them. And I was like, you guys are going to be my cheerleaders, like my baby cheerleaders. And they were, and I would tell them and, and, and yeah, I would tell them like, I'm going to get my blood drawn today or just had the ultrasound. Like, and they were, they, they were fully supportive. They were not the ones that were like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like they were on board mm -hmm. and that's what I needed. Cause I had made this decision. I wasn't inviting anybody into this little rowboat that was going to start like poking holes in things. Yeah. Now, as I got further along, I started to tell more people. And like I said, some people were not supportive and I basically said to them, that's okay. You don't have to be. And sometimes they get, people get offended by that. I'm like, you don't have to be, I probably won't talk to you about it too much because you're not excited about it. Right. People get offended by that. Well, how could you not talk to me? I'm like, well, you don't want to talk about it. Right. Like, right. Like, well, okay. So you just kind of expand it. And then once I got to 15 weeks, I made it public because I was like, I'm far enough along that. I mean, that's just a normal to me somewhere between like, you know, 12 and 20 weeks is when you allow, you tell more people, plus I'm showing right. <laughs> like, this is maybe popped out fast. <laughs> so, but I told more of the world and, and got a lot of support, but still some naysayers, some people who just didn't respond. Cause when I told, I sent out a video to my close family and friends and said, look, if you're not, if you're not excited about this and you don't want to respond, it's okay. You don't have to, I would love the support, but don't feel obligated. And some people didn't, and some people were passive aggressive and most people were very excited. So you can declare it in, in waves, you know, like you kind of expand your circle, um, as you feel more and more confident, more comfortable, more excited, you bring that out a little bit. I love that. And you are the epicenter. So you've got to declare it to yourself first. Yeah. Cause remember it's your trip. It's your dream. That's the P is it personal? And people will ask me like, well, but when can I change my mind? And like, you can change your mind anytime you can course correct either in small or big ways, but just make, excuse me, just make sure it's you. It's your mind that is changing that it's not somebody else is uncomfortable with it. So you've decided to change course. So that's why I say it's really, it's really critical to know the yes and know the why. And that is the center that you hold. Yeah. And I think that's so, so simple for like keeping track of all of the implied no's. Hold on. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. I love Okay. This. So the, the A. The A. Okay. Yeah. So the A is attend your own party. And really what this means is staying present in the moment. So I am trained in what's called the three principles, which is mind, thought, and consciousness. And the, the mind part is the fact that we all have the ability to have thoughts and to have an experience of our life. And the thought is that we are all creating our experience of our life. We are all bringing our own filters to it. And, and it's so true because if you think about it, 
you have thousands of people listening to this conversation and every single one's going to have a different viewpoint on it because we're bringing where things stand out to us more things mean more to us and it's it's just the way we think of it and when we realize that when we realize like we're creating our experience through our thoughts nobody else is pushing it on us we're doing it and then, and then our thoughts create our feelings not the other way around when we realize that we're like, oh, so I can actually change my experience of what is happening in an instant. I've done it. Like I, I used to tell the story about my friend and I going to the mall on Black Friday wearing like headsets and fairy wings. And I told it with my friend and she finally, this was like two years ago. She goes, it was not me. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I was not the one with you. It was our other friend and they could not like in my head, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God, you're so right. And my one friend lifted out of the vision in my head and the other friend dropped right in. And one of them is like this petite white pixie-ish girl. And the other is this African-American woman. <laughs> it's like, they could not look more different, but in my head, I was so convinced. And as soon as like my thought changed, I was like, Oh my God, she's so right. Mm -hmm. And that's everything. Like we can think about an experience and we can have a thought about it and get all sorts of riled up about it, or we can change our thought and be, even with the permission and support, there are times where I'm like, that is so mean. I can't believe this person is not supporting my dream. And then I take a step back and I'm like, they're scared for me. They're doing this out of love and concern. And I'm able to have a bit more compassion for them just by changing that thought. Yeah. That's so true. And and it's also really important to just be staying present in the moment because the, the whole attender party came because I had a, a client who had been invited to two parties and she spent the whole first party thinking about the second. Like she really loved the first party. It was so much fun and great conversation, but she was like, when do I go to the second? What will it be like? And then she went to the second and it was terrible. And she was like, I wish I could be back at the first, but I you know, don't feel comfortable walking by myself. And and she told me about it. I said, well, you didn't attend either party. You didn't show up at either one because your thoughts were somewhere else. And so it's really important that we stay present in the moment because that's where we make our strongest decisions from is grounded in the moment. And that's where we make decisions where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to pivot because as, the, as my life is now, the best decision is this. Whereas five years ago or even five days ago, I didn't have all this information and I might've made a different decision. So again, like just kind of thinking about the, your framework of motherhood simplified, it's like, you might've bought something five years ago that no longer fits in your life in this present time. And I know I love your just in case, like <laughs> you don't need to keep it. <laughs> Right. Or just in case. Yeah. It's, it's fun. <laughs> and that's so true. That's such a simple way of explaining it too. Because when you are holding on to things for just in case, like you're thinking yeah. into the future and you're missing everything right in front of you, which is what I tell people all the time. Like you're like, you are so focused on creating all of these potential mm -hmm. scenarios that it might be useful. Right. And it's not even like that it might save your life or it might really, really help you. It's like that it might be potentially something that could make your life one degree simpler for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If you can find it, if it yeah. doesn't take you four hours to look for it, to save yeah. that 10 seconds. And then because you're focused on all of that, you're literally missing everything 
right in front of you. You were missing all you. Take a shower. I don't know. It could be that. Well, yeah, because people will, I mean, people have asked me, how do you plan for terrible things to happen? Like, how do you plan for potentially losing the love of your life or your house burning down or all these things? And I said, I, I don't think you should. I don't think you should sit around where I, again, I just had this conversation with somebody where they were like, what happens if, if something happens to me, right? What, and I was like, I cannot live my life thinking, what if I die tomorrow? I mean, that's not to say you don't have plans in place. You have wills and life insurance and whatever. And like I have smoke detectors in case the house catches on fire, right. but I don't go to bed worrying about what if this happens because, but what I do think is you, you, no matter what happens, you always have your resilience and your creativity to navigate through it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's interesting last summer after Mark had passed away, my sister and I were cooking on my back patio and the grill caught on fire and like a fireball flew out of the grill. And it, I, it triggered me on so many levels because, because I'd had a house fire because my daughter was out on the patio with us and thank God she was on the other side. And because Mark always handled the grill. So I was like, oh my God, if Mark were still alive, this wouldn't have even happened because I felt like we didn't have enough fire extinguishers or escape ladders. And I was like, everything triggered me. And so what I did was I bought fire extinguishers and escape ladders and ordered them and put them around the house where I think they are. And it was like, okay, so those plans are in place. We still use our grill. We still do those things, but it's like, I have enough plans in place that if I really needed it, I could use it, but I'm not sitting worrying about it because no matter what you get up in your head, when you're worrying, it's not going to happen the same way you've imagined in your head. It just never does. So what's the point of worrying? And, and I tell people like, there's a difference between worry and fear. Fear is really useful. Fear is like, there's a fire, get out. There's a tiger run. There's a bus coming down the street, step on the curb. Yeah. There's something, but, but you know, it's fear. If there's an action you can take, Right. If there's literally something you can do that it can impact the moment, then you're in fear. If there's not, then you're in anxiety and you're in worry and you're up in your head spinning. And so I have this um, exercise or meditation that, that everybody can get. It's, it's at just one damn yeah. or it's on my website, but everything is around Dan, yeah. <laughs> like the damn girl, mm -hmm. um, just one damn And it is, it's super fast. You can literally do it in a minute. And it grounds you back in your body and in the present moment because your body can only ever be in the present moment. And so if you are feeling afraid or worried, get back in your body and then be like, okay, so I've got this thing, right? This, this thing I've been saving just in case, but now in this present moment, as I'm like sitting truly in my body, do I need it? Right. No. Then- it's okay to get rid of it. Right. And, and distinguishing between that fear and worry is so good, right? Mm -hmm. Like fear, are you really fearful that you might not have an extra crock pot or are you just like, you're worried. Ah, what am I going to do if one breaks? Right? Like it's not fear. Like nothing bad is actually going to happen. You might be right. slightly inconvenienced. That's it. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, and, and we're, yeah, it's, it's, it's worry and it's anxiety. And I guarantee, let me just tell you, if you're throwing a party and you're like, 
oh, man, if only I hadn't thrown that crock pot out five years ago, it's like, call your neighbor and borrow one for the day. Like, <laughs> right. You don't get rid of your resilience and your creativity to still like create what you want in your life. Right. So yeah, that, it, but it's, it's true. We do it. We worry. So everybody listen to Bevan. Cause I tell you guys this all the time too. It's <laughs> literally what I and I, it's so I'm telling you, I am like a before picture for you. Like, because <laughs> I am not the queen of decluttering and, but, I, but, and I've thought about it a lot because I knew we were going to have this interview. And I think that part of why I am like okay with where I'm at is I also have help. Yeah. So I'm not, a, I mean, I am a solo parent, but I have childcare. Mm -hmm. And so I know that on the weekends when my nanny is not here, like things don't get put away. And that's when I'm like, yeah, chuck it all. Right. But, but I'm like, okay, my, my level of comfort with where I'm at for the most part is, is great. And I think that's, again, when we talk about attend your own party is like, let's be honest about the season of life that we're in. Mm -hmm. Like I if like in my early forties now with two kids and one on the way, if I was wishing that I was still in my twenties, able to go out to the bars till 3am mm -hmm. and, you know, jet off to, I mean, cause I did these things in my twenties, like jet off to Italy for five weeks. Like if I was like mad about not being able to do that now, then that's just creating a lot of suffering in my life. Um, I love that I get to put my kids to bed every night and we snuggle in the recliner and we sing the same songs. And we, you know, I like, that is my favorite part of the day is when my son puts his head on my shoulder. It's like his acknowledgement that yes, it's okay to start singing our songs mm -hmm. now. And my daughter comes and sits on the other arm and we sing our songs and they go to bed and it is, it's the best. And sure. Do I want to like take more trips and vacations? Yeah. But it's like, I'm not trying to pretend that I'm in the season that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, as moms, we need to say like, what season am I in? Am I in a season where it's like, I want to get down on the floor and play with my kids. Then go for that. Go fully for that. Mm -hmm. And the last note, I think on the attending your own party and like thinking into the future and worrying about all these things, you know, like trying to plan for the worst and whatever else we do to ourselves unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, is like, even if you, if you did, even if you were planning into the future, like, do you really want to be planning for all these terrible things or do you want to be creating right. for all of this good stuff? Like I think about your, your story with Mark and that whole like months from May to November and mm -hmm. you prepared so heavily for what you wanted and you had a mm -hmm. million and one reasons to not do it and you did it yeah. anyway. Right. Like yeah. So powerful. Like if you, even if you were planning for, you know, stuck, if even if you were stuck in the future, because I'm pretty futuristic, like I love to think about the future and, and what I want to do and all yeah. that, but I, wanna, oh, I like to, too. Yeah. <laughs> but what, be really honest about like what you're planning for. Like you're not planning for the worst. You want to plan for the best. Yeah. I mean, look, my, I mean, Mark and I had all sorts of plans and that's fun. It's fun to plan for the future. I mean, we had this third baby planned. That's, it's why I'm still doing it. Um, but it's, yeah, we plan for the, the good things because somebody, it's really interesting. I love that they said this. They saw a picture of me and Mark and Jonathan that I posted on Facebook and she sent me a message and she's like, I look at that picture and I think this is gonna make me cry. She's like, I think 
that you're, you and Mark are like, even if you knew that you were only going to have seven years together, you would still choose it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, like, I mean, it really, like, it makes me want to cry now. It's like, what? Yeah. It, if I had said, uh, like, <laughs> I don't actually, I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly. Um, I'm sort of glad we didn't know that Mark was sick mm-hmm. because we could have gone to bed every night worrying that today, that, that he, he might not wake up the next day. Mm-hmm. And we, we may not have had Jonathan. We may not have gone to France. We may not have done, I, I'm like, I'm not saying like you shouldn't go through life with blinders on, right. but I am glad that we really embraced every moment and just loved each other and loved our kids and did the things that we really wanted to create a life that we loved. So the thing about catastrophizing and worrying is it, again, it's never going to happen exactly the way that you've done it. So like you could sit and worry like, well, what happens if this, if this, this crock pot breaks and I gave away my other one, it's like, okay, but it's not going to be the crock pot that breaks. It's going to be the toaster oven. You know, it's like, it's never going to be that one thing. Right. It's not going to be the thing that you expect. Yeah. And yeah. So the other thing too, that just because you shared that and I was kind of thinking about like, how, how do I like articulate this? But I feel like because you and Mark were so intentional about planning for what you do want, uh-huh. you had all of this stuff. I'm probably going to cry in just a second. So I'll try not to, but you had all of this stuff <laughs> you wanted. You were like moving forward to where you wanted to be. And you had that momentum to where even like, he's not with you, but I feel like he's still there with you and you're still carrying out your plans together. In a way. Yeah, it is really it's really strange to me. I mean, I miss him every minute of every day and we have, I mean, he's everywhere. Part of why I don't want to leave this house is like, we built this house together and he's in like the tiles and the, the nails that we've having the hinges, everything. And, and it's, there are plenty of times where it feels really bizarre to me that he's been gone for 15 months. Like, cause he's, I still feel him mm-hmm. very much so. And I'm a planner. Like I'm, I'm, I am a former project manager. I love spreadsheets. Like I am a planner, but what I plan is, is the yes. Like I plan the big thing. And then the details are a little bit inconsequential. And you have to, you have to know that like you can plan for amazing things and then be willing to like, let go of some of the things that come up differently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, we're not, I'm not proceeding exactly how Mark and I had planned everything. I mean, COVID, right? Like COVID was a big, a big wrench thrown in there, but, but I, there are big things in my life that I know I want to bring to life. Mm -hmm. And those are the things I'm moving towards, but I will not and cannot live life as though something terrible could happen at any minute because it could, Mm -hmm. but something wonderful could happen at any minute too. And I would be missing the wonderful thing by worrying about the terrible thing. Yeah. And even, even, I mean, we can all easily say that you've had unfair and terrible things happening and you're still (laughs) saying yes to these amazing things. And it gives you momentum. I think your, your framework, right. To bring it back to like the basics, like your framework of this though is so powerful because it's so simple and it always brings you back to like, just keep saying yes to what you want and you're going to, you're going to be able to do it. 
Yeah. Well, and the M it's, it's actually, Let's this is a good M. kind of segue yeah. in the M, which is meaningful moments. Um, and, and to me, it's like, we all want to be a part of something that has significance of, of something that has meaning. Mm -hmm. And that's why people got behind the sign, right? Okay. It was, it was something meaningful to me, people who knew Mark, people who didn't know Mark, people who didn't even know me were getting behind it. And part of it was there's no loser, right? It's not politics. Right. It's not football. It's like, right. there's no loser. It's I, I get the slide or I don't. Unless you um, didn't buy the sign and then somebody stole it and then it turned. <laughs> well, there was one guy bidding against me and he didn't know the story. So then when he heard it, he's like, oh my God, now I feel bad. Cause he kind of drove the price up. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I did, there was a lot of commentary of like, if you don't win the sign at auction, God help the person who gets it because the whole city of Columbus, Ohio is going to be after that person. Luckily I got it, but we want to be, we want things to have meaning. Mm -hmm. And when we stay focused on the meaning, it becomes more powerful for the people that we love the most. And because again, I'll get a lot of questions of like, well, how do I choose between a work thing and a family thing? And I will, my, my default is what can't you replicate? Yeah. <laughs> what could never happen again? So um, when Guinevere went to preschool, <laughs> her first day of preschool, the night before I was talking to Mark and I said, you know, I'm making her pancakes and then I'm doing this. And he was like, I don't think I can go. And I was like, that, that's fine. I wasn't mad. I wasn't trying to guilt trip or anything. I was like, he's like, I just, I have work. And I, I said, honey, you do what you need to do. It's fine. I'll take pictures. And, and he came back into the room, I don't know, like 20 minutes later. And he's like, no matter what I do, somebody's going to be unhappy. And so I'm going to make my daughter and my wife happy because you are the most important thing to me. And so he didn't go to work. No, he wasn't a brain surgeon. No one died on the table behind him not being there. He was able to go to Guinevere's first day of preschool. And he was so glad that he did. And that was the thing we were never going to be able to replicate. And so that's, so we, I always say that, I mean, and I get it. Sometimes we can't change our work schedule or another obligation, but if you can do that. And then the other thing is what would make things more meaningful for the people that you love? How can you involve them? Mm -hmm. So like, if you're thinking about decluttering your house and you're trying to think, you know, how do I get my kids to actually enjoy this process, mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, so what would be something really meaningful that we could have in the house that if we created the space for it, we could do it. You know, like what if you said, look, if we get rid of all these toys that you don't play with and we give them to somebody else who will play with them, and then we get to bring in a playhouse TP uh, that you guys, you know, that we will have the space for, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. or, you know, you as a, a, a mom saying, okay, what if I decluttered all these clothes that I never wear? <laughs> and then I give myself the space and permission to get two really killer tops that I know look amazing. Right. And that I love wearing because, but I have the space. And when I go into my closet, I can actually see them because I'm not being bombarded by all this laundry I can't get to. Yeah. So what is, yeah. What is the meaning and I don't, are you familiar with the five love languages? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a super powerful tool to know your own love language and to know the love language of the people 
that are close you. to you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because then you can make sure that they're feeling that meaning because you're actually speaking to them in their love language. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, my love language is one of them is gifts, which is, I, I have a nearly photographic memory, so I can remember why, when, and where, and who <laughs> gave yeah. me things. So it's hard to declutter. For, sometimes it feels hard to declutter for those things, mm -hmm. but it's like when, I mean, Mark knew that I loved gifts. So it was like, he would give me something that I could come Like we bought, when we were in France, I bought a necklace and um, these two crystal hearts. Um, one was rose quartz and I can't remember what the other is. And those to me, it's like, that's the tangible thing that when I'm feeling like overwhelmed, I hold in my hand. Mm -hmm. And so that, but his, his love language was acts of service and words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So I always knew if I felt like he and I weren't feeling connected about something, I would load the dishwasher or yeah. like do something mm -hmm. as an act of service without being asked. And he, he knew, I mean, like he felt loved. Yeah. So knowing how to bring meaning people is also really important. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it makes it really simple too. When you know, just like literally just sweep the floor, which for me is a big deal. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you swept the floor like hot in here. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and everybody's different. Like, I mean, it's yeah. so interesting. Like mine is gifts and physical touch. And that's why COVID is especially hard for me because I can't hug people. Like yeah. I, I didn't realize how much that was my love language until it was like, Oh my God, I can't Got like, it. I can't hug people. And I mean, my kids, except when they just, I'm totally touched out by them at the end of the day. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough. But for the most part, it's like giving them the hugs and kisses and like telling them I love them is at that it fills me. Yeah. So yeah, knowing that. And like I said, just really figuring out what is why, like this goes back to the why, why are you so passionate about what it is that you want to create and where's the meaning in it? Because then when you do start to declare it to more and more people, mm -hmm. they get excited about it because they feel the meaning. They yeah. feel the reason why you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So what's the end? Okay. So the N that. is now is the time. Okay. Yeah. And this, yeah, this again goes back to like, we are not promised tomorrow. We do not know. And so now is the time to at least start getting into action mm -hmm. on what it is that you really want to create. And the, the, <laughs> the thing about getting into action is the hardest, the hardest step is the first one, because you're at a standstill. Mm -hmm. It's like, when you think about um, those death trap merry-go-rounds when we were kids on the playground where like everybody grabbed a bar and you ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and then you jumped on and you spun and spun and spun and, and now when I do it, it makes me want to throw up. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is like that's that first push when everybody takes that first step. Once everybody's jumped on, if you need to keep it going, you just give, you reach your foot out and give a little push, yeah. but it's that building of the momentum that's the hardest thing. And so what I tell what I break things down for, for people is micro actions, mm -hmm. which is the smallest step that you will actually take. And we've talked about this with decluttering. Yeah. Literally today I posted in my Facebook group, what's something you guys want to do this week that will make you feel like you did enough. And somebody said, declutter my house. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's a lot too much. Yeah, it's, too much. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And then you're going to feel bad and you're going to spiral out of control. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I keep saying I'm going right. to do it. Cause I can't it. do anything. Yeah. yeah. So I say, break it down into the smallest action you will actually take. So if that's decluttering, it's like, just throw the pens away. Mm -hmm. 
just, just, um, just get this load of laundry put away, just go through this one bin. And if you feel like, cause so after Mark passed away and I have, I still have boxes of paperwork and what have you to go through. And every time I think about it, I freeze, I get paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And so a friend of mine was like, find a smaller box (laughs) and put like, take, take only what will fit in that smaller box and just go through that. And that was like, Oh, I can break this down into smaller steps that I actually will take because then I say, set a timer for 15 minutes and just do the micro actions for 15 minutes. And when the timer goes off, you can stop, but you might find that you've built up enough momentum that you want to keep going. And that's fine too, Mm -hmm. but you're giving yourself this sort of minimum, minimum qualification of success where it's like, if I just do this for 15 minutes, I can be done. Yeah. So that gets you into action and then momentum will start to take over because for me, my micro actions for some things are bigger than they used to be. So, you know, I just did this summit when I first started in this industry, it might've been open a Google doc, yeah. <laughs> pick a subject line, yeah. um, write the first sentence. Like those might've been my micro actions because I was like, still in the needing very, very tiny ones. Now it's like, write one email or like write the welcome sequence. And that feels like that's something that I can still get my arms around and say, yeah, I can do that. And then feel like I'm done. So the smallest action that you will actually take. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In the Facebook group that we have, we call it, it's the hashtag, just one thing, like literally just just literally get rid of one thing. And yeah. When you do that, like you said, the merry-go-round is so simple. Like you push it off, yeah. you go, you can't, you literally can't just like, boom, stop. Right. Like yeah, slow down. Right. So you do have that momentum to where even if yeah. you do one thing, you're probably going to do like two or three or four. And even if you yeah. don't do 500, you at least got yeah. like two, three, four and you slow down and you do it again to where it gets easier and easier and more natural for you. Like you said. Yeah. And it does because so that you're, this is such a perfect example because doing just the one thing. So as I'm thinking about the, you know, going through my house and simplifying things, the idea of like, I can throw one thing away or give one thing away makes it okay. So it doesn't have to be a thousand things today. So like I have a, a hamper in my closet where I will put things for goodwill. And when it gets full, I put it in a bag and I take it to Goodwill or I have um, somebody, one of my friends take it because I don't, I live in the country. I don't live near anything. I'm like, oh, isn't there a Goodwill by your house? Could you just drop this off on your way home? Um, But that is like, okay, so I can just do one thing at a time. And over time that, that bag fills up, or I can look at something and be like, oh, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Let me just like, this makeup is expired. Let me throw it away. And it still feels like an accomplishment. And it's because I'm getting into the mindset of, do I really need this? Do I really want this? Is this serving me? And my like, and my party that I'm currently attending, is this serving me? And if not, I have given myself the permission to, to get rid of it in one way, shape or form. So it does get easier as your mindset shifts. Yeah, it does. It really does. And the only time to ever start anything is like literally right now, like right now you can say you're going to do it in the future, but then when you do it in the future, it's still now. So do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, it's like, 
there's never going to be a perfect time. So, so having this baby for me was, again, it was like, this was such, I really did go through these mindsets and think about them. Like I, the, the attend your own party, I said to my mom, my sister, my doctor, I said, look, I'm checking in with myself. I'm staying present. If I, I don't feel like, oh, I've said, I'm going to do this and I can't change my mind literally up till the moment that you transfer this embryo. If I feel like I need to, I need to wait, I need a month or this isn't right. I have, I will stop. Don't worry. And so, and I did that and I, you know, with meaning, it was like, this is my family. This is the family I'm supposed to create. Like the meaning for me is, is in everything. My daughter is over the moon that she's getting a little sister. She asks me every morning, is my baby sister coming today? No, still have six months. (laughs) Slow down. Um, and, but the now is the time is, uh, this is a decision that I feel so strongly that it would be the one thing I regret. Like I've turned 75. I didn't do it. It's going to be the thing I look back and be like, that was, that's the one thing that I regret. And I could wait and I could say, let me give it a little bit more time and space. But to me, there's never going to be a day that this isn't a totally crazy idea. Right. Right. And it's not like I'm going to turn 45 and be like, ah, now it all makes sense. Go have this baby on your own. Right. It's not. And so I thought, well, if I know it so deeply in my core that this is what I want to do, and I know that there's never going to be a day where it makes more sense than it does now, I'm going to do it now because my, you know, every year our body gets older, it's harder to, you know, whatever, Like we just get older. So my body could hurt more in five years. My kids would both be out of diapers. There would be a bigger, I was like, no, I'm going to do it now because now is the time. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I don't know what's going to happen in five years. So I started taking action because, so even if you feel like I want to start a business, that's my big trip. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can't do it right now. Yeah. You might not be able to open the doors today, but you can start moving in that direction. And that's, it's, we got to get into action to start creating the thing we really want. Even if it's micro actions, even if it is just tiny little steps towards it, get into action because you're going to get a lot, you're going to get there a lot faster if you at least start. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, one of the things that helped me clarify like this and like how to get out of this cycle of like, I need to do all these things. Right. But then never doing it is distinguishing your end result between like the things that you actually have to do to get to your end result. Right. Like start a business or like have a business. Like that's not the thing you have to do. That's your end result right? That's, that's what you're working towards. So you have to break yeah. that down into, into bite-sized pieces, which is everybody listening. I mean, if you're hearing that basically Bevan and I say the same things and apply in different ways of your life, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're just applying to different pieces of your life. We literally say the same things. Like yeah, your trip is your end result, right? Like taking the trip yeah. is, is the thing that you're, is the end result, but there's all these little yeah. pieces that you have to do along the way. And don't, yeah. I mean, when I started, when I started writing the book, take the damn trip, which is not done yet, but when I started writing it, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to talk about that trip to France. Right. I'm going to try to apply all this. And then I was like, no, Mark's and my life together was our trip. Mm-hmm. It was everything that we did. I mean, not everything. Look guys, we weren't perfect by any means, but in the larger scope of things, mm-hmm. we decided very early on in our relationship that 
that our relationship was the most, was the priority. And we made decisions based on what feeds and fuels that relationship and makes it stronger. And we, we would declare that, you know, we, it was why there were, we in the, I think we knew each other almost nine years. We met in 2011, he passed. So yeah, just like eight or nine years. We were apart, like maybe 45 days. And because he would take his vacation time when I had to travel for work, he would take his vacation time and come with me. And in that way he could bring Guinevere and they would get to hang out in New York city while I was in a studio shoot or whatever. So we decided and declared like that was our top priority. And we stayed super, super present to that. We, you know, we, if we felt really off, we got, we got back in touch with us and we went meaning all the time. And we knew like, we got to make these decisions now because we don't know what's going to happen. We didn't know to this extreme, but it was like, we, we lived this, this idea and so our, our life together was our trip. And so the book is now shifted to be more about that, but it's true. We, we get to, you can apply these mindsets to the smallest thing or the biggest thing in your life. And it will make a huge difference. It will. It will. So in conclusion, <laughs> it's a fun word. Okay. Like it's, it's a fun, fun word. It's exciting. It gets people to pay attention, but it's powerful. It's decide and declare, yeah. attend your own party, meaningful moments. And now do it now. Like the time is now you're not going to get magical clarity in the future with, with, and here's the thing too, about clarity in your trip in general, is like, you're not going to get to that clarity unless you do take those tiny actions. Well, that's the thing. We don't get inspired to take action. We get into action, which brings inspiration. So yeah, a hundred percent. And then if you're not sure if you're like, is this really the thing I want to go after? Then ask yourself the four trip questions. So is it your top priority? Are you willing to make it that Will you resource it? Is it inspiring? And is it personal? Is it yours? Yeah. And those things will make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. And if you guys want more support on this, like specifically in regards to like the trip framework, if you want more information about the dam framework, if you want to get into the community that Bevan runs on Facebook, where there's all of us hanging out, talking about like getting clarity on our trips and there's just power in community. I think and seeing other people doing it and seeing what they're doing and yeah. how they're creatively creating trips that aren't, you know, a vacation to the Bahamas, which is nice, but you know, yeah, it's nice to be around that. Like this some of our, so one guy took a whole year off and sailed around the world. I mean, that was like his thing. So I mean, some of it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you can also do that too, which I mean, I'm not opposed <laughs> to by any means. Yeah. I just have five kids. So at this point it feels yeah. like more work. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, come hang out with us and meet Bevan at takethedamtrip.com. And that's kind of the hub where you can find all of her stuff. If you guys did attend her summit, amazing. If you have not, you can also, I can, um, when I do the show notes for this, I'll put the link for that summit info too. I think Bevan, right? I can do yeah, that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's all on. So from takethedamtrip.com, you can link to the Facebook group. You can link to okay. the summit. You can link to the course. I mean, it's all that. That's the place to go because it's easiest to remember. Just take the damn trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So easy. Okay. Thank you so much, Bevan, for being here. I'm so excited for everyone to kind of like, I feel like, I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the episode. I know you and I talked about it, but I feel like you are a perfect next step for moms who have decluttered and they're like, I have time and energy now. Like, what do I do? Bevan's got your back. You go do what yeah. Bevan says. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. I know we have talked about doing this for a while. I'm so glad we were able to make it work. Yeah. And I love what you're doing. And I love 
the support that you're giving to moms. And so I'm so honored to be part of your community. And yeah, anybody who wants to, they work so well together, like you said, but um, I would love to have you all over in, in the Take the Damn Trip community as well. Yes. Okay. We'll see you guys there. Thanks so much, Bevan. Bye. Bye. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, Head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the motherhood simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.